already. <laughs> I'm like hungry, and we're about to start drinking, so probably. Yeah. <laughs> that sounded cool. <laughs> we got visited by the ghost of the old apartment. That fucking car. Driving by. Kristen over here with the fancy orange in her beer. Going hardcore with the blue moon. Right after my uh, orange juice and wine. Yeah. No, you're going to be toasted here in about 15 minutes. It's it really be... wasn't that much wine. Oh. Oh, don't foam. Don't foam, you fuck. <laughs> don't foam, you fuck. Mistakes were made. Ah. <laughs> See, I know how to pour a beer properly. Yeah, I know how to do it faster so that the audience isn't just listening to dead air. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the Nightmare Box. Try not to overflow because there's an orange in there. <laughs> welcome to the Nightmare Box, presenting Mistakes Were Made. My name is Brett Bloom. I'm sitting across from the beautiful, the effervescent, the exhausted Kristen Pennington. Yeah, that's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have show notes. We have show ideas. Um, we're going to cover a couple of things today. Can I start off with... The book? Yeah. Awesome. What book is that, Brett Blue? That book would be Consider This by Chuck Palahniuk. Moments in my writing life after which everything was different. I'm in love with this fucking thing. I had to give up on William S. Burroughs. I could not take the naked lunch anymore. There were too many penises ejaculating blood all over the place. Naked and... was in the title, though. Yeah, but not bloody semen. That was not in the title. Well, you know, I can handle... rent between the lines. I can handle my fair share of bloody semen, okay? comes out of me or somebody else but i can't handle it on every page for like 80 pages that's how long i it, i made it to like 80 some odd pages and i had to tap out um but I'm very happy because chuck polinick just dropped his new book consider this uh which is like a writing memoir slash workshop it's a gold mine so far i am beyond ecstatic to see what all is in this book how far in are you um fucking flying through it um I'm on page 52. Started yesterday. Nice. So I went hard in the paint yesterday and during my lunch break. <laughs> and I'm now I'm ecstatic about it. It's awesome. Any uh, particular excerpts that stood out to you that you want to read? Or? Uh, I have all of them, and they're all in the Jeep. So oh. I can't do that. But I, how, how can you be this unprepared for I'm, a show we you didn't have notes for? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Um... <laughs> But he's got some really interesting things to say about like authoritative or like getting your authority across. Like there's a whole chapter, and then there's like these little snapshot vignettes uh, that explain various ideas that he's had throughout it. Um, he, that damn dog, um, <laughs> really wants to be on the show. Yeah, he um, has this interesting way of talking about transitions, um, where he's saying that like. Books have changed. Um, literature's changed drastically since film came along. But even now, uh, given our current world and the type of um, media that most people are used to taking in, where it's fast and it's constantly moving, yeah. you can't open a book the way that like F. Scott Fitzgerald opened Gatsby. You know, you you have to like come in on the action, and then you have to keep the ball rolling. And so he explained it like you have to view your switches between scenes. Um, you have to cut your book like you cut a film. So, you know, you can have somebody leave a room and then jump to the next thing that happens instead of he got, he got in his car and then he drove down Deary Street. You That's know. interesting. So, and he's brought it up a couple of times, like viewing it as a film that you're writing. But he had a 
chapter today that I, I really enjoyed. That was um, gonna just run right out of the back of my goddamn brain. <laughs> Fuck. That is an interesting concept, though, because um, I don't know. Maybe it's because I don't read as much as I used to when I was uh, younger, but it does feel. I think after the invention of like smartphones and social media where yeah. everything is kind of now, 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 it does feel a little more tedious to sit down and read a book that's a little too explainy. Mm-hmm. Like even uh, the book that I've been reading about, uh, like low budget filmmaking, which to be fair, it's a bit of a dated book. I remembered the thing. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't want to interrupt you, but I want you to get into that. I just, uh, he, he was talking about. God damn it. <laughs> oh, fucking, I'm sorry. I've been at work all day. Um, there's certain stories that you can't tell on the screen, and that's what the books are for, so mm-hmm. exploit the fuck out of your medium. Like, there's no point in me telling a story in a book that could be told in a film. I'd be better off writing the screenplay for that film and leaving yeah. the novel a novel. Um, but if you're going to go into the novel, fucking exploit the fact that you can do anything. It's not as accessible um, as films are. Children are not going to stumble upon your novel. Your audience is going to find your novel. So, you know, don't be ashamed to blow the... the he tells a story about a man um, having sex with a deflating sex doll and how that got him kicked out of his first workshop. Mm-hmm. But it's shit like that. Like, you can push the boundaries uh in different ways uh, than you can in film or television. But, that makes sense. Yeah. But, um, like I was saying a second ago, I do feel like... Sorry. Oh, you're fine. I was actually just trying to fill the dead <laughs> air in case it did come back to you. I so. didn't expect to forget it twice. That was... <laughs> <laughs> Mistakes were made. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have found, like I said, in particular, since the invention of the smartphone and like social media like blowing up as much as it did and everything kind of being at your fingertips like I literally from bed this morning paid two bills before I even got out of bed because it's just like oh that's a thing I can go ahead and knock out you know um so we're kind of used to having everything like instantaneous so I have found uh like when I go to read and stuff like that it is a bit more tedious and like tiresome to read something that mm-hmm. kind of just drags along and uh the book like our attention I've... span is shrunk yeah. yeah and like i find myself like even while i'm like actively trying to read like my eyes will kind of just drift around the room like looking for something <laughs> else to entertain it and um to be fair like i said i am reading a very dry yeah mm-hmm. very dry almost like instruction-esque manual book that is also dated in mm-hmm. its information is so. it a first edition copy mm-hmm. <laughs> so fancy um so maybe it's just the book i'm reading i'm having a hard time getting into but um i i, I could see why yeah you would want to edit a book almost like as if it were a book and kind of or edit a book like it were, we're a movie. We're done. <laughs> this podcast is going to be 15 minutes long. <laughs> edit it like it were a movie. Because, yeah, I could, especially kids that are, like, born into that world already yeah. who weren't used to, like, who have Kindles, you know, mm-hmm. from young ages who weren't used to, like, paperback books and stuff like that. Like, having less of an interest in having to sit down and spend time exactly. with something. It, it- it's damn near impossible and I don't like the direction our world is going. The book thing does make me sad. Um, I know it's better for the trees and stuff, so there is that, but I 
I have never been able to get into electronic books. Like, I like the feel of having an actual book in my hand versus, like, oh, I'll swipe the screen and flip to the next page. I can read or I can do audio books, but I can't do the Kindle. Like, Mm -hmm. it it hurts my head. (laughs) It's not good for your eyes, either, to stare at a screen for that long, so it's probably better not to. And I find myself skimming more. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. kind of like how you read online news articles, as opposed to a newspaper where you're going to read it word by word. You just kind of bounce around. What's the hot topic on this page? Let's get to it. Let's go. All right. So he he left the store, skipped the rest of that paragraph. He arrived at the pizzeria. (laughs) (laughs) That is strange. Sorry, uh, movie killed the the writer. (laughs) Yeah, video killed the radio star. And And also the writer. (laughs) That one guy shot Versace and... He was just checking the mail. Get it? <laughs> checking the mail. <laughs> Quote a very old Eminem song. <laughs> oh, boy. So what did you want to talk about today? I didn't really have... I've not finished the book, so I can't do a full review of that. Um, so we've been watching... Or we've only watched it one night, I guess. Maybe we'll pick it back up tonight and make ourselves <laughs> angry again. It is Wings and Rings night! <laughs> wings and Rings night! But we uh, started watching a TV show that's on Netflix right now called Haunting, I believe. Um, Haunting or Haunted. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Oh, yeah, it probably is Haunted. Um, but I was initially kind of excited about it because mm-hmm. it shot really well. Like, it's we were a little like apprehensive yeah, because, because it's reenactments. Yeah. And we watch a lot of documentaries. I like actual footage. Yeah, from you know. the actual event. Which there may be a reason why there's no actual footage for this. Huh. But uh <laughs> Could there possibly be? <laughs> Turns out there was a massive scandal that I missed um, a year ago. <laughs> but uh like the reenactments and stuff are like really well done. The actors mm-hmm. are all fairly convincing. Like it's it's shot really well, it's really pretty. Um the second episode in particular had like a like really creepy but beautiful sequence where yeah. this serial killer dude was like dancing with a girl's lifeless body and her feet were like swishing the blood mm-hmm. on the floor. Um, but Brett being super into serial killers may have looked that up yeah. and uh, doesn't seem like that story is true no. because this <laughs> series is supposed to be based on true events. Well, it, it tells you that at the beginning of every episode. These are true events. These are real people. That whole, you know, yeah. horse shit thing. Um, and yeah, I, I, I love serial murder. I, <laughs> I, I don't love serial like, murder. How do I not know about I like this guy? studying serial murder. So when we're reading this, it's like upstate New York and this dude killed people for how long? 40 fucking years. And I've never heard of this guy. I was in my head. I thought maybe it was Picton from like up in uh, Canada, the guy who fed the people to the pigs. And then it never like resolved itself, and I was like, "Well, maybe they just changed the location, you know." And then it also suddenly sake. took this weird twist of he was summoning Satan and possessed and all this. Yeah, stuff. So and climbing on the ceiling term. with only his hands. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it got me thinking. Um, but before we we move on, the um, the guy that produced the show went on Twitter to try to defend it. And he's like, well, we, we reported this to the authorities. And then very quickly, the authorities were like, we don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Nobody has come to us with this story. We've not done any kind of investigation. You're just kind of full of shit. And, uh, the guy at the end, like that was the big giveaway was the guy's like the, the, the bad guy's son. And he like gets control of the house 
and just start selling everything out of the house and like yeah, throwing away like, the trophies from the serial killer. <laughs> yeah. And I take this toe and I put it over here <laughs> in the garbage disposal. Thank you, Papa. <laughs> so yeah, I think you guys just kind of hated your dad and got in an argument about you know who has the house and you're still a little. You know. It's just a bunch of people that are either really into the supernatural and want this stuff to be real, or it's a bunch of filmmakers trying to scam people so hard. Yeah, you pay somebody enough, they'll tell you any story. I mean, Jimmy, not Jimmy Carter, fucking (laughs) uh, Jerry Springer. (laughs) My brain works in rhyme. So (laughs) Jerry Springer was on the air for years. I was like, okay, you're a gay black man, and these guys are Ku Klux Klan. Black guy's like, I'm not gay, but I'm, I really don't want to be here. But I need five thousand dollars that badly. <laughs> um, but okay, so yeah, that had me thinking about the difference in, like, effectively telling a story, yeah, uh, well enough that you can build the suspense and your audience is surprised by the outcome, versus dumbing it down and having to purposely try to trick your audience just to have any kind of a reaction. Yeah. And, uh, right now we've only watched, I think, what, three Three, episodes? So, maybe there are some stories in this TV show that are based on the truth, but I feel like I'm not a paranormal person to begin with. (laughs) So I just kept going, well, that's brain injury, and that's childhood trauma. (laughs) They're like, yeah, I was hit by a car, and I started seeing ghosts. And it's like, probably because you've got frontal lobe damage. (laughs) I feel like from the get-go, though, if, uh... Your stories are hard to prove true. They're probably not going to get any better as they go on. Not at all. Um, but like the, I mean, I've got a couple of examples, I guess. But the Blair Witch actually just that now was came the to one mind. that I was just getting ready. Did we communicate <laughs> in our brains? It's a whole situation because that got brought up in the book, and I was oh, like, really? I'm going to tie all this together with a pretty little bow. But go right ahead. Oh, we haven't even talked about this in advance, yeah. so that's awesome. Well, he was talking about authority and the consider this, and then oh, I'm sorry, we're hopping all over the world, but. Um, <laughs> talks about getting your authority and both the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and the Blair Witch open with this is based on a true story. Neither one of them are really based on a true story. Like Chainsaw's, the character's inspired by Gein, but that's the only truth to the entire matter. And the only thing about the Blair Witch is if you're out there in Tennessee, um, there's a belief that the Blair Witch exists out there by Knoxville, I believe. But, uh, like, the marketing behind the Blair Witch, like, will forever be my favorite example Mm -hmm. of, like, spinning this tale so effectively that people were, like, horrified. Like, they thought these teens actually, like, went into the woods and went missing. This was, like, Somebody produced a snuff film (laughs) documentary based on it. Yeah, they thought this was actual footage of these actual teens Mm -hmm. that somebody had found and, like... You could, you probably couldn't get away with it now, but like back then, like it was so new, like nothing like that had ever been done. Yeah. Like found footage wasn't a genre yet. <laughs> it was a crazy loud pop. And like whoever like came up with that idea, like that was such a brilliant move. And mm-hmm. like collectively as a nation, people were like, "What's going on? Where are these kids?" Yeah. You know. So it's like a perfect example of building so much suspense around this idea that people bought into it themselves. Mm-hmm. 
and it was like pre-hardcore internet, like you had the early, but it was more like, okay, I'm going to open that webpage and I'll come back in an hour to see if it's loaded. <laughs> so like there wasn't like a Wikipedia you could flock to to be yeah. like, well, what case is it? Because I want to read about the case and then go watch the movie. I think they did have a, a website where they had like missing persons, like documents Yeah, no, they or went whatever. hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> Which to be fair, that is a bit deceptive as well, but um, people bought into it because they wanted yeah. to buy into it. <laughs> And it's worked. I mean, it, it still works. The Blair Witch is not the scariest movie of all time, but it's a classic. You know, it's the first, like, big-time found footage film. And there's uh, instances, like, Brett and I were talking about this before the show. Cloverfield? Uh, no, because okay. that's not an example of this. No, it's an example of the opposite. It's an example of the trick, but we'll get to it. Oh, yeah, I guess it is <laughs> of a trick. But no, I was going to say, um, The Walking Dead, like, yeah. the... TV show is based on a graphic novel, and they have deviated, you know, in different places from the graphic novel, but... It, spoiler alert, but good lord, that was forever ago. Yeah, they, um, they, they spoofed <laughs> it on SNL, so <laughs> we're not spoiling shit. Um, Glenn's character gets killed off for, like, a good while in the series, and, like, they were literally just trying to trick people into thinking that they weren't going to give Glenn the actual death yeah. from the graphic novel brought Glenn back just to kill him again and that was like so irritating because they drug when they brought him back they made him the greatest character of that entire fucking season I was like I love Glenn I hated Glenn the entire time I thought Glenn was a little bit of a bastard and then when they brought him back I was like holy fuck like he's an awesome (laughs) dude I liked him he was a very resourceful character but um yeah they like left him off the show for like a good hot minute so people would like eventually give up and buy into yeah. oh god Glenn actually died didn't he <laughs> and then they brought him back and then it was like fuck now they're really gonna kill oh, him though god damn it the writer's <laughs> strike is over <laughs> and they again tried to trick you by killing off um I can't remember his name but the redheaded character in the same way that Glenn dies like the redheaded dude dies first and then Glenn dies and yeah. it's just like you tried to trick me again making me think oh like they killed him, they won't kill Glenn the same way, because that's just cheesy. No, they're but... definitely going to fuck Glenn's entire face up. Yeah. So, like, that, that's frustrating. Like, when you can't be clever enough in your storytelling to create something of interest on its own, so you have to be like, oh, let's trick these dummies, yeah. they'll no, fall for I, this. I hate being tricked. I, I hate being tricked more than anything. My only problem with the Cloverfield movie that I keep bringing up, what is it, something Cloverfield Lane? 14 or 13 Cloverfield Lane or something Yeah, my like whole that. problem with the movie is the fucking aliens. That is the perfect movie. If she comes out of the little port and he's just a paranoid schizophrenic, it's a great film. The fact that you included an alien invasion, you can go jerk off on your own mother's face, and even if she's a corpse, especially if she's a corpse. To be fair, (laughs) to be fair, I I feel like I agree it is a a trick. Well, I agree it is a bit of a trick. It was aliens. Aliens are so easier to talk about than mental health issues. Are you going to let me talk or are you going to keep interrupting me? I'm going to keep interrupting you. Don't throw beer bottles at me. (laughs) Or beer cups. Um, (laughs) <laughs> Beer bottles. Massive difference. Bottle <laughs> and brut. Um, I will agree it is a trick because they did heavy handled, handedly, heavy handedly make it out like it was all just in his head. But he did throughout the movie tell them that there was an invasion. Yeah. So it wasn't like he, she walked out the door and then oh by the way it was aliens. Like he had been telling them there was an invasion. Um, 
I treat aliens the way I treat the paranormal. Where it's like, I don't know and I don't really want to know. Like, <laughs> But they did, they did make it out for sure. Like, it was just him being fucking crazy because he shot that dude and then burned his body in acid. And that was like, yeah. oh my god, he's off his rocker. He's a serial killer. And then she found that one earring from his daughter. So they were kind of like, trying to be like, oh, he's out of his mind. Mm-hmm. But it's a trick. There was space vagina. Yeah. Always go back to a a bunch of things I'm going to list off right now where it was done right. Seven, perfect. Perfect. You don't get tricked at all. You you see Kevin Spacey, but Kevin Spacey does not look like Kevin Spacey when you see Kevin Spacey. And then when you see him at the end, you don't realize that he's kidnapped the... Oh, yeah. What's in the box? It's his wife's head. <laughs> like, everything is played out. Um, the first Saw movie, where you realize, spoiler alert, that Jigsaw's in the room the entire time. He's not outside the room. He's not the intern that's kidnapped the family. He's there watching the game. Psycho which I'm not even going to give you a spoiler alert. It came out in the 50s. Go fucking watch it. Um, you never see Mother. You just know Norman has an obsession with Mother. So when they determine at the end of the film that Mother is dead in the basement and he is, again, a Gein-esque character, um, they've not lied to you. They've not bent the rules. They've not broken the rules. You see Mother walking around, but it's Norman. It's Norman in a wig pushing Mother on a wheelchair, I believe. Something like that. Where you... The ha, 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 ha. He's wearing his wig. But that's established at the end of the movie. He's insane. She's dead. But you never see her... Psychos. We we can do that tonight. I that it's. Do you own it? Do I own it? I wrote a fucking term well, paper. It was like twenty five pages well, we long. Watch that, <laughs> I didn't know you owned it. I own uh, both versions. I own the original Psycho, and I own the Vince Vaughn. I don't um, watch the original. Do what? I'd rather watch the original. Yeah, the, the original's superior. Uh, but the interesting thing, <laughs> and this aside about Psycho. Um, the interesting thing about the remake is that it is a shot for shot, so you could watch it's them. In color. Well, that, that's like... what they were trying to do was make the same film but in color. I feel so like they, that takes away from it a bit. It it massively does, but Vince Vaughn's brilliant, and oh. to see that guy play the Norman Bates character, he, he they give all the same speeches. All the shots are from the exact same angle. It's timed to the second, so like that's an interesting. Like, I'm not a massive fan of black and white films, to be honest, but uh, that is one film for sure that I feel like personally a huge part of what makes it so ominous is the, like, shadow play with the darks and the lights. and the vulture-esque features on Norman's face when they show, like, the scene where he's talking about we're all born in our own traps and he's got all the dead birds that are uh, taxidermied. I don't remember the, you know, stuffed birds. Um, But he's got like these beak-like features himself and the shadows fall against his face and like these harsh contrasts that match the contrasts of the birds that are all up in the wall. I say this about a lot of films, but one of my favorite movies, for sure. (laughs) Love Psycho. I haven't seen it in a long time, though. We have to do 
I don't know why that's on my mind, but we have to do Poltergeist too because you've never. We have to do Poltergeist, and we need to buy like a fucking Hitchcock collector set and watch like the birds and all of them. I have seen the birds. And... That movie still scares the shit out of my mom to the point like where she that. won't watch Psycho. But we were talking about tricks. <laughs> <laughs> We can't do a half-assed attempt at a Hitchcock episode. I'm down for doing a Hitchcock episode, but we need to watch a couple of those. But uh, since you you brought up uh, Saw, that reminds me as well. We recently bought the latest one, Jigsaw, and watched oh, it. Oh, my God. And that's another one. That's a trick. It, it's perfect. It, it, it bookends itself. <laughs> like they went back and like made up all this stuff yeah. to be like oh by the way this all happened before no. any of the other stuff happened it's like i'm grabbing a refill right <laughs> now and uh that's your guys's spoiler alert time while Kristen summarizes the plot because i'm about to go the fuck off on this movie Let's <laughs> do don't get derailed from the point of the conversation I, 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 you did this <laughs> but um so yeah like to be fair, I have only watched maybe the first three Saw movies. I have not watched anywhere near as many as Brett has. I own all of them. But, um, My yeah. mom used to go with me to the movie theater every time they came out. It was like a mother-son thing. It's like literally just for the sake of having the original actor back in the film. They're like, oh, we're going to make up all this stuff that actually happened before. And this Completely, is a trap he yeah. invented before that we've never talked about in any other film. But we've yeah. told you... He potentially used it before, and, like, there's this random girl who's obsessed with this shit, and, like, it's all this just, like, random, like, gratuitous kills. Spending half the movie going, is that Amanda's sister? Is that Amanda's twin? Is that Amanda? Who the fuck is this lady? Like, expecting it to be something deeper, and it's literally just some random girl who's obsessed with his work so that we can have a lot of really gratuitous death scenes, and they literally... They broke the timeline. Again. Well, they literally never make it past the first character's quote-unquote test. Like, the blonde girl who takes all the needles to the face is the only one who gets tested. Yeah. And then it's the whole rest of the movie is, well, no, the kid in the motorcycle gets his test, too. But outside of the two of them, none of the other characters get their test because we just skip ahead to, like, oh, by the way, this is what's going on. We made all this up so we could have that character back yeah. in this movie. And, and they've this done that before. all happened before. Well, they did that starting in 3, where they would, like, push each other into the various tests. And it, it, it it's where the season... I, I can't go off on, on this movie hard enough. Okay, so my biggest complaint with Jigsaw the film is the very first saw trap that any of us were introduced to was Amanda's bear trap. It's the best trap, arguably, in the entire series. There are more violent ones. My personal favorite's The Crucifix, but we're not going to dive into all the sequels of Saw. Um, But The Bear Trap is beautiful because it's raw, because it's a rusted bear trap that opens in reverse. There's nothing complicated about it. You put something on the inside of the top of the jaw and then something on the bottom of the jaw, and when it snaps, it rips the head wide open. Game over. You know? It's not hard to pull off in a jigsaw you know mentality and then we're led to believe that instead of that being his first trap he kidnapped 10 people drug them through this highly technical series of events 
way before like Saw Four or Five, where he starts doing that regularly, <laughs> or he doesn't even do that. His uh, offspring do that, like um, Amanda and Matthews and the rest of them. And then after pulling off this mass murder that nobody ever fucking heard about, Amanda in the bear trap. And like they have the bodies. It's a trick. It's a trick. It doesn't line up with the canonical movies. They have the bodies too um, that they show because he's saved these old bodies from his original murders and he uses them to kind of trick the police. Yeah. And they showed the dude with his head chopped off and when they lay him out on the slab at the coroner's office the coroner goes oh man he looks like he's been dead for 10 years i'm like no he doesn't his skin is rotting <laughs> like he looks like he just died like yeah. last week yeah he's been in a freezer he's gonna <laughs> look like he you know just died <laughs> and like like for that to have supposedly been jigsaw's orig- original victim that died 10 years ago it's like yeah. that body would have rotted yeah why would you go from kidnapping nine people for no reason that's related to your cancer, which is the entire reason we're led to believe that he started this whole adventure by his goddamn self so that he could punish the surgeon and he could punish... Um, um, the girl who's... Uh, not her. The I forgot his name. The guy that's in there with Dr. Gordon. Like, that's the that's the big test in Saul, is they're chained on opposite sides and... Yeah. All these other tests are being revealed to the cops. So your early tests, you got the bear trap, you've got the barbed wire uh, room where the guy's in. You've got the guy with the candle um, who has to find the safe code out of all the numbers on the walls. All these very primitive tests. Now, the only way Jigsaw the movie works is that's the final test for all of those original nine characters. Voila, I fixed your fucking movie. This guy over here doesn't get his head cut off by the razor at the beginning of the film. He winds up in a room covered in wax, holding a candle, trying to decode the wall. This fat fuck winds up in the razor wire. You can work your way into those initial traps without breaking the series, and it's not a trick anymore. You've not tricked me. You've completed the cycle. And they didn't do that. How am I not hired in Hollywood? What the fuck is going on in my career and my life where I'm not the person in charge of the Saw movies? Is that egotistical? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a little. Yeah, like we both... And like even the kills themselves, like the original Saw was like much more gritty and raw and the kills themselves... Um, felt like, for me anyway, like Resident Evil, whenever it got like further in and got super yeah. ridiculous, it was like, these are just like really unrealistic, yeah. absurd kills. You're supposed you, to survive Winston. while you, saw blades and fucking rakes and shit fall out of the top of the silo. And but then a laser splits your head open like a flower. Yeah. He had lasers back in 99 or whenever the original test was supposed to have happened. But he used a bear trap. That's what he settled on. Apparently, he was Steve Jobs' fucking protege. <laughs> like, I get the build. The the best thing about, I believe it's, is three the one where they're in the house. I don't remember. It's been a while. Uh, whatever one remember. that one is, um, Amanda's second test, uh, basically. Um, 
I think that is 3X. I've seen that one. Yeah, where the guy like looks through the window or through the peephole and there's the revolver on the other side yeah. of the door and then he tries to open it with the key that says don't use this key on that door. <laughs> yeah. Gets his shit split open. Like, there's a rawness even then to the mass kidnap. And it doesn't trick you. If you leave this room, your son will die. Meanwhile, spoiler alert, son's in the safe at the foot of the desk the entire movie. The trap has already happened. He's there. If he stays there, his son doesn't die. He leaves out of fury. Do what? Doesn't the son live? Like, doesn't he get trapped and the son gets let go? I, I think that's kind of what happened. I can't remember verbatim. But, like, the whole point of the film was sit and talk to me until that timer ends. And you'll have your son back. And instead, he beats think, the shit out of Jigsaw. I think the then... <laughs> line is, if I remember right, because I've seen this one, if you leave, like, you'll never see your son again. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's that your son will die. It's that you'll never see him again. And he gets himself caught in a trap. Yeah. And the son gets released at the end because of the Because he should have just sat there with Jigsaw. Then yeah. he would have had the arrest. He would have had his son back. But he is a violent police officer. Mm-hmm. Winds up beating the fuck out of Jigsaw. Running off to go save his son. But lo and behold, that test happened, like, the day prior or some shit like that. Yeah. The, the the canonical movies never tried to trick you. They gave you everything you needed, and if you were paying attention, you knew what was happening. But then it jumped shark around four or five, and then they made, you know, five or six movies. <laughs> they completely fucked up the initial premise of, like, him being in the room. Yeah. And you don't have to be... And they tell you in the first movie that he likes to watch them. There's the peephole at all of the crime scenes. There's no peephole in the bathroom. And you don't have to be like... Like, if you're trying to like do something new and clever or like whatever, you don't have to be like basic about it to build something creative and not try to play a trick on your audience like Memento. Yeah. Um, and I haven't seen it in years, so I'm not going to talk about I've it. I've never seen it, but I'm <clears throat> familiar with the concept. Well, I'm, I'm not going to talk about the plot because it's been a long time since I've seen it, so I don't like really remember it. But like, you get that whole premise of you think this character has like forgotten everything and he's like following yeah. this trail, like trying to put the pieces together, and at the very end it's revealed... Like, he did all of this, and he is actually the bad guy or whatever, and, like, it's an interesting concept because it is a movie where it's from the end to the beginning, so Mm -hmm. the whole movie is essentially in reverse, and you don't really get to know the character until you've gone through the whole movie because you learn all of the things that he actually, like, did and stuff as the movie progresses backwards, so it's still, like, a really cool take on, like, how... Ah! Uh-huh. You okay? Winston just caught me with all ten fucking nails right in the thigh. Yeah, I'm alright. Okay, cool. I didn't even hear him move. Shall we take a break? No, I'm alright. Thank you. Just yeah, probably edit that part out. <laughs> I just got killed by the cat. I'm sorry. Alright. <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah. He's a bastard and a half. Jesus. Are you bleeding? A little bit, yeah. Alright. <laughs> Continue. He's an asshole. 
Oh my uh, god. Oh no, I was just saying, like, you can still, like, take a really creative take on something and, like, kind of reinvent, you know, whatever medium that you're working with without playing tricks on your audience. Like, mm. they're too stupid to understand. Like, that was a movie that, like, after you knew the big secret, if you went back and watched it again, you were like, ah, oh, damn, that was there, Got wasn't me that? There. Yeah. <laughs> I love those kind of movies. So, yeah, um, don't treat your audience like they're stupid. Yeah, your audience isn't stupid. Your audience will know when you're trying to treat them while you're stupid, and that's why I hate the fucking Cloverfield film. I'm sorry, <laughs> the cat The cat hit me in the thigh, and I completely fell out of the show. <laughs> oh, you okay? oh, my God, it hurts so bad. He's a bastard. <laughs> Wearing fucking flannel pajamas. <laughs> just oh, wanted to climb up in dad's That lap. was not a trick. <laughs> you guys mm. knew we had animals and you forgot about them and then I screamed into the microphone and blew up the <laughs> like the little girl I am. <laughs> oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Let me see. Okay, I'm back. You good? I'm here. <laughs> you solid? Yeah. <laughs> but we also... Totally different topic. Yeah, you better <laughs> run away, you little bitch. <laughs> um, totally different topic, but we were also talking about this week um, kind of the importance of making your life and your work and stuff your yeah. own. And I think more than ever, um, like the Brett and I always preach the whole like chase your dreams and we moved across the country and all that. But I think it's more, the only thing to do. <laughs> But I think more than ever, like, both of us are feeling more restless and less fulfilled outside of our work. So, uh... I think it's because we moved all the way out here. Like, we were just employees back home, and now we're here. And it's like, well, fuck, I didn't move out here to just be an employee again. <laughs> yeah, and, like, whenever people tell new you... New year, new me. I thought that's what we were on. <laughs> <laughs> whenever people tell you can't do something or you have to do this or whatever it's like hi but i feel like this is my life and i'm yeah. the one living it and if i want to do this i'm gonna do this put and if a I chainsaw don't... down a door <laughs> god that's what we should do when we get married chainsaw down a door yeah <laughs> that like, seems like a most terrible most people idea. get up there and you know read vows and shit Poor I, sand I, and I, I say we put a door to where nobody can see us and then we get dual chainsaws and we just fuck that thing oh up. that reminds me um Caleb and Alicia sent Brett a photo of the door that yeah. we chainsawed down for the Dawes, Dawes, the dolls, um, the Told other you day. this was going to just start <laughs> taking a shit about half an hour. <laughs> they sent Brett a photo of it and they kept the door, which I kind of want to. I don't want to buy that off of them. They said they were keeping it in case we got famous, but yeah. like, I don't want to buy the door. No, if we get a house or like a condo or some uh, shit like that, we're that buying that door. Cave. Yeah. I want to buy the door and, like, put a mirror in the middle with that crazy design. But you were saying. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I just <coughs> we both, um, I'm not going to go into specifics. Disillusioned. But, yeah. yeah. Like we both, like, more than ever lately been, like, if somebody's been like, oh, you got to do this or you can't do that, been like, uh, you know, well, I'm an adult can. and it's my life. I think I'm going to do what I want with it. Yeah. <laughs> Like if I've got a, 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 I can't remember what podcast I heard it on this week, but he was talking about how, um, I think it was Michael Malice, he left a job at a very big like banking firm. I can't remember which one exactly, 
um, because he promised his grandmother that he would take her to lunch and they put him on a shift um, short notice that would conflict with his plans to have lunch with his grandmother. That's kind of cute. And so he basically told them to go fuck themselves because he could either be the banker or he could be the guy who has lunch with his grandmother. That's kind of cute. Yeah, and we, we kind of have reached a similar fork in the road in our lives um, where it's like I could be the kind of person who shows up when I don't want to be here. Or asks permission to do what I want to do with my own time. Yeah. Um, Or you can go fuck yourself. (laughs) And I think, um, too, maybe it's just that, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not having a midlife crisis or anything like that like i'm not i'm not that old. say that with a bit more confidence you can't like scratch your neck and twirl your hair and go i'm not having a midlife crisis i'm not old enough to have a midlife crisis yeah, hopefully it. nobody hopefully. in my family lives above 60s uh, maybe i'm having a midlife crisis then um it's not like i'm like that old or anything by any means i'm 31 but i am i guess because i'm getting a bit older like having this like moment of realization where it's like When you work for somebody else, even if you have, like, a really great boss or you work for a really great company, to some extent, you're getting treated a bit like a kid. Like, you have to be like, oh, mother, may I? Like, can I go do this, please, and thank you? And if they say no, you're like, oh, darn, maybe tomorrow, (laughs) you know? And, like, I don't like that feeling of, like, having to be like, hey, do I have permission to do this with my own life? Do I have permission to take a holiday off to go see family? And they're like, well, you should have put in for it earlier. And they've been like, well, this job doesn't mean as much to me as spending that holiday with my family. So why don't you take this job and reverse, like, Australian toilet corkscrew that right up your ass. <laughs> That's a bit aggressive. But, uh... And, like, I can't blame corporations by any means. Like, they run smoothly because yeah. of the employees that work for them. It's, you know, a well-oiled machine, and if your employees kind but of But I don't want to be a well-oiled employee. Yeah, no, I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> I don't either, but I was just saying, like, on the flip side, like, I'm not mad at businesses wanting to kind of be this fine-tuned machine, but at the same time, I don't want to be a cog, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I want to... Be CEO as fuck. <laughs> yeah, like, run my own life and make my own decisions, and even if um, Brett and I have, you know, kind of laid goals for ourselves, even if I'm not just like Scrooge McDuck swimming in the money, you know, like be able to have the freedom to be like, Hey, like I can get by and do this on my own and not have to ask somebody else's permission. Yeah. And I think that that's an important step in life. You know, if you are the kind of person who's fine with working for other people, still kind of finding that balance in life where you can find time for yourself and make time for yourself. And even if you're a, you know, 40 hour a week person who literally that two days off on the weekend to spend time with your family is all you need, then, you know, props to you. But, but we come home every day and we work. (laughs) We have (laughs) days off together and we fill those with work. And I, I, I can't imagine the possibilities of, what this is going to look like when we're not having to put a combined 80 hours 
or a hundred hours, depending on if we pulled some overtime shifts or not. If we just had those hours to ourselves, how much healthier our lives would be, you know, to create and still have time to relax as opposed to on Monday making morning, a concerted... wishing away the next five days of my life. Yeah. Putting in a concerted effort to almost like make ourselves overstressed and overworked. You should never be too tired from your bullshit day job to chase your dream. Your bullshit day job, if that's how you feel about it. If you love selling cars, I'm not going to, you know, tell you not to sell any cars. If you love teaching kids, I'm not going to tell you to stop teaching kids. That's your dream. That's your thing. That's completely okay. But if it's something bigger than that, like you want to like open a kitchen or make a film <laughs> or write a book or or anything, if you want to fix cars and you're too tired to fix cars because you spent all day working at Walmart or you spent all day pretending to be a lawyer, like that's not who you are. <laughs> it should always be supplemental income. My income allows me to do X. And, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I agree. Been listening to a lot of Ram Dass, been <laughs> thinking a lot inside my own dome piece. I agree, and I think it's important, which I'm about to reference a totally fictional show, but... Uh, it's all a it's, totally fictional show. <laughs> it's relevant. Are yeah. you lady who opens other people's mail for a living, or are you Kristen Pennington? <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> relevant to actual life, though, um... Brett and I are both a fan of the show Peaky Blinders. We've been playing mm-hmm. catch up on that because Brett hasn't seen the final episode yet because I haven't seen the episode or yeah, the, final, the final season. Final season because I haven't seen the season before that yet. So we've been playing catch up and there's, which I'm assuming we haven't gotten any further than that. This is all gonna blow up at some point. But there's a episode where Arthur has pretty much become his wife's little bitch and uh, <laughs> she won't let him do anything and he like wants to like fix cars and she's like basically like no and he's like but I like working on cars you know and she won't let him do <laughs> I that I don't have to shoot anybody to work on cars this is the safest <laughs> thing I've ever done and I think it's because uh, it kind of made me sad even though it's totally fiction it's not real and these characters don't exist <laughs> but um, it's relevant too to this topic because it's not just making time for your dreams yourself, but when you surround yourself with people that actually, like, support you and believe in you versus people mm-hmm. who are like, no, no, that's silly, we're not going to do that, you know? It helps elevate you. Like, there have been a lot of times where Brett and I have talked and, like, I've been like, I'm tired, like, I just don't know, like, I'm, I'm feeling burned out. or like Before Brett's... this show. Yeah, no, I was tired and hungry before we turned this <laughs> mic on. Um, and then Brett, you know, too, has had weeks where he's just like, I'm feeling kind of bummed out, mm-hmm. like, not feeling very motivated and... Like, we kind of take up the responsibility for the other person to be like, hey, like, we're going to kick this week's ass. Like, we got this, you know? So I I do think it's important, too, to surround yourself with people that kind of push and motivate you and encourage you because... It's It's hot out here for (laughs) (laughs) It's really easy to get discouraged when you're having to, like, put in that extra work and kind of 
be a boss bitch, as we recently <laughs> talked about. <laughs> um, so it, it's it's important to have people around that support you. I love you, sweetheart. I love you. You want to go make wings and rings? I do. I'm very hungry. <laughs> and I love you guys. We'll talk to you on Friday. Mm. Wings and rings night. Wings and rings night.